0: If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 20 through 25. We're going to be in Hebrews 11. Uh, as Caitlin mentioned, we'll be there today and next Sunday. It's a text that uh, we frequently refer to as the Hall of Faith. I love Caitlin's response to the question, what do people in the Hall of Faith have in common? In her response uh, to what all those folks in common, she ended by saying, to live God-centered lives and to trust God through it all. I'm not sure what you think about when you think about this list of people in Hebrews 11 that lived by faith, but I'd love for you to consider Caitlin's answer as we begin this morning. They lived God-centered lives and trusted God through it all. So we'll get to chapter 11 here in just a second, but let's back up to Hebrews 10, verses 22 through 25. Uh, These are some verses that we read last week. Uh, We talked a little bit about them, and then we'll jump into the Hall of Faith. So chapter 10, verse 22 says this, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for He who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So in addition to all of the things that we talked about last week, this text, these verses give us three quick exhortations and they sort of set the table for these next three chapters of scripture of faith, hope, and love. Each of these ideas are elaborated. In Hebrews chapter 11, faith. Hebrews chapter 12, hope. And in Hebrews chapter 13, love. Well, the end of Hebrews chapter 10 kind of sets up chapter 11. The end of Hebrews 10, verses 38 and 39. And, but my righteous one live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we don't belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith, and are saved. You'll remember that these guys, they were called to persevere. There was a lot going on in their lives. They were called to persevere individually and they were called to persevere together, communally, to stay committed and connected to other believers as they follow Jesus one step at a time. But I want you to notice the starting point in chapter 10 as it relates to faith. The starting point is not in the measure of faith in any follower of Jesus. Uh, We'll get to those who exhibited great faith in just a minute. The story of faithfulness does not begin with you or with me. It does not end with you or end with me. And this, I think, is really good news. The story of faithfulness begins and ends with God. Verse 23: Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So, before we go any further, we got to consider this: Do you believe that he's faithful? Do you believe that he's faithful? It's our starting point and it's our ending point, not our faith, his faith. Do you believe that he's faithful? And ultimately, faithful to do what? What do you believe that he's faithful to do? Our ability to live a life of faithfulness will begin and end in what we believe about the faithfulness of God. All right, let's jump in. Chapter 11, first three verses. And then we'll jump forward to verse six, first three verses. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for, uh, all the people in this list. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So I want you to notice this phrase, this uh, phrase. Phrase, by faith, starts there in uh, verse three, by faith. If you read all of Hebrews chapter 11, uh, at least in the NIV, it's gonna show up 19 times. 19 times it's gonna say, by faith, this idea, by faith is huge. In Caitlin Dixon's vernacular, by faith means living God-centered lives. By faith, 19 times. And then verse six, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. These first couple of verses that we're talking about here, these verses sort of define faith. And the next verses in, verse, in chapter 11 are gonna give us examples of how faith is lived out. But I want us to stay here in these first couple of verses just for a couple minutes. I want you to notice the phrase Faith is the confidence of things hoped for. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for. Faith lives in confidence that even as life on the surface falls short of expectations and God's promises seemingly go unfulfilled, God still can be trusted. Faith believes in advance what only will make sense as we look back on it. Faith lives out of the assurance that because God has defeated sin and death, someday, one day, all mourning and all sickness and all pain will be no more. And the writer adds, faith is the conviction of things not seen. To the eye of faith, the universe isn't an aimless swirl of gas. It's a gift of God's love sustained by God's providence and power. Faith is a way of looking at the world, and at others, and at ourselves, and trusting that by God's grace, there's more than meets the eye. Faith is the eye of the heart that allows us to see beyond the challenges, beyond difficulty, and beyond trouble, to see another level of reality, the level where Jesus dwells in the here and now, and in life everlasting. Faith hears the music of God's future and dares to dance to it. I love Philip Yancey's definition of faith. He says, faith is paranoia in reverse. I love that. How would you define faith? If someone in your office knew that you were a follower of Jesus or someone in your school knew that you lived by faith and they said, hey, tell me, what does faith mean to you? What would you say to them? Faith is paranoia in reverse. I've been working on this a little bit, thinking about what, how I think about faith, and I define faith this way, at least for today, to be present in the present, trusting in the slow work of God. When I'm thinking about faith, this is what it looks like. It, it means to be present right here, right now, and I'm trusting in the slow work of God. Our call is to be faithful. God's job is the outcome. Our call is to show up. Our call is to be present in the present, to be present in this email, to be present in this text, in this conversation, to be present in the present. It's to trust God. If you've been around here for a while, you know that one of the phrases we say often is soul work is slow work. Sometimes God just does things, man, and it just happens and we're like, oh my gosh, you just did it. But a lot of times soul work is slow work. Our call is to be faithful. His job is the outcome. Hebrews 11 gives us a few examples of people who live by faith. These are the first couple verses, verse four, five, and six. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he's dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life So they did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken away, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If These examples are unfamiliar to you. If you don't know these stories, if you haven't heard of these guys, or maybe you've just heard a a little bit about these guys, but you don't know these stories, some of this is not going to make sense. Some of this is going to be like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. I don't understand these examples. The writer to the people who would read this letter knew that these guys would understand Jewish history. They would understand what God has done in the lives of these people. So if you're not sure, if you don't understand, then I want to encourage you, invite you even, to go back and read some of these stories of Abel and Enoch and of Abraham. Get to some of these other guys that might be a little bit more familiar to you in just a moment. Moses. Moses. Well, we read verse six one more time. Walking by faith involves not only believing that God is at work, but that he will reward those who are faithful. He will reward those who earnestly seek him. Anybody here up for some rewards? Um, my wife signs up for like every Kroger Publix, every store that offers rewards that gives you points to get money off gas, uh, you know, that whole thing. Anybody else sign up for stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Anybody anybody up for some rewards? The Bible says that God will bless those who earnestly seek Him. The Bible says that God will reward those who earnestly seek Him. So, what's the reward? That we get everything we want? That everything is going to be great? That we're going to get a raise and we're going to be healed and our marriage is going to be awesome and that our neighborhood's going to change and all of a sudden one day the world's going to be amazing? Is that the reward? I think the reward is God. I think the reward is God's presence, and I think the reward is His character. I'll just give you a couple of examples. To Moses, God says, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. What's a reward for those who are faithful? His presence. And what does His presence provide? His presence provides rest. I think his reward is the joy of Jesus. Jesus would be the most joyous person ever inhabited the earth. And Jesus says, my joy, yours. And your joy, complete. I think the reward is the peace of Jesus. Jesus said simply but profoundly, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. What's the reward? We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be troubled. Why? Because his peace is given to you and me as a reward. Here's a couple of examples, maybe some names that you might be a little bit more familiar with in Hebrews 11. Verse seven, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went. Even though he didn't know where he was going, By faith, he made his home in the promised land, and like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so, from this one man, and he is as good as dead, <laughs> came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Oh, real quick, did you catch that line about Sarah? Sarah believed God to be faithful that God would fulfill his promise and provide a child that was totally beyond the realm of natural possibility. She believed that God would be faithful. She knew God to be faithful, and she held fast to faith. So let me talk a little bit more about faith, then we'll come back to Hebrews chapter 11. I want to point us at two more passages. The first is Romans twelve three. So if you have your Bibles, turn back to Romans twelve three, And then I'm going to Point us to Galatians 5.22 in just a moment. But we'll start with Romans 12.3. And I want you to hear what it says about faith. This is really important. Romans 12.3, Paul is writing to the church at Rome and he's explaining some spiritual gifts to them. And then verse three comes along and he says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Faith has been distributed by God to each of you. In some form or fashion, you are listening right now. You're here today, right now, because of the faith that God has given you. All faith is given by God, right? It enables us, draws us, woos us back to His love and to His grace Your faith has uniquely been given to you. Okay, stay with me because if you don't stay with me, you're totally gonna get confused. There's one guy at the first hour who didn't stay with me and afterwards he was so confused, he was so lost. I said, you didn't stay with me. Stay with me, this is gonna sound nuts. So stay with me. Noah's faith and Abraham's faith, it's the same faith, right? Like the faith in God, the same faith. Both of those guys are going to trust the slow work of God, but the faith given to Noah is uniquely Noah's and the faith given to Abraham is uniquely Abraham's. Now they have this faith is God, faith in God, but the faith that they were given is uniquely given, distributed to each one of them. Let me illustrate it this way. I have shared with you before about my friend, Brian. Uh, I've known this guy ever since I was a little kid. Uh, Ever since we were little kids, he just had this really unique faith. As we were growing up, we used to make fun of him. We used to call, we used to say, you have such a Sunday school faith, we would say to him. You have a Sunday school faith. Now, don't get me wrong, this is the smartest guy. I know, he's got like a doctorate degree. He's got all these accolades. He's the smartest person. He's lots of responsibilities, but his faith is really simple. And in all of these years, through all kinds of trials and loneliness and suffering, and I've shared with you, and he has actually shared here in our church, the story of his wife dying. And in the years since, I've always been blown away by his faith. He has never wavered. He has never questioned, and he has never doubted. And I am blown away by that guy's faith. His faith is so inspiring to me. I remember saying to him one time, I want your faith. My faith is not like that. I want your faith. And he's like, no, 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 you don't want my faith. Let me characterize Brian's faith by the way Jesus speaks about faith. Jesus says this, Matthew 21, 21 through 22. Jesus replies, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, uh, the fig tree uh, shriveled up, withered up and died, uh, jesus but, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the seas and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. That's my buddy, Brian. I know that if he asked God to move the mountain, that God would move the mountain. He has that kind of prayer. He prays without doubting. I'm not like that guy. I don't pray like that. I don't have that kind of faith. I'm more like the dad who shows up when his kid is sick and says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. It's not that God loves Brian more than God loves me. It's just that we've been given faith by God uniquely to each one of us to draw us back to himself and to bring him glory. So stay with me, stay with me. You have not been given Noah's faith. You've not been given Abraham's faith or Sarah's faith or Brian's faith or my faith or Sonny's faith. You've been given your faith and your faith is enough because God is faithful. If you try to live off of someone else's faith or somehow try to borrow your grandmother's faith, Your faith has been given to you. It's super important for you to cultivate the faith given to you, to nourish the faith given to you. Galatians 5 is the other passage that I want to mention just real quick. It's the passage that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things There is no law. Galatians 5 tells us that faith or faithfulness is a fruit of the spirit. As we grow in Christ, our faith grows and changes and conforms and ultimately is transformed to the very faith of Christ himself. That's where he's inviting us to go on this faith journey. For our faith not to become like Brian's or Noah's or Sarah's, but to become the faith of Jesus Christ himself. All right, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's keep going. Hebrews 11, verse 13, next verse in the text. All these people were still living by faith when they died, they did not receive the things promised, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. Uh, The question we asked at the beginning of the message what do people in the hall of faith have in common? Uh, This passage gives us two things that they have in common that they were still living by faith when they died, and they did not receive the things promised, they only saw them from afar. I was thinking about Moses, a big chunk of Hebrews 11, verses 23 down through 29. Talk about Moses, Moses who lived a life of faith, a life that included frustration and betrayal and loss and disappointment. And after a 40-year journey from Egypt to the promised land, he doesn't get to enter it. He only gets to see it from afar. Verse 14 says this, people who say such things show that they are looked looking for a country of their own, if they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Somewhere along the journey of faith, Moses became less concerned about the promised land and more about the presence of God. Moses had faith in the very slow work of God and his faith turned to fact when he stood face to face with God in that heavenly country, in that heavenly city, knowing God as he is truly known. Let me ask you a couple questions here. Where are you on this faith journey and where might God be leading you? And will you hold fast to faith even if you don't receive that which you most desire? Would you hold fast to faith even if you received that if, if you did not receive that which you most desire? Faith is really not about a thing. It's really not about a healing or a pay raise or everybody getting along. Faith is much bigger than that. It's got this eternal destination. It's got this eternal resonance to it. It is about the here and now. It is about right here, right now. And that sits in this eternal context. Faith is really about one day, one day, one day, God's going to make all things new. Our DMD group was talking about this passage a few months ago and we ended up talking about all the people in the hall of faith and how they all started with the faith that had been given. That your faith, my faith is enough because God is faithful. It's enough, my faith is enough because God is faithful. It starts small probably, right? For most of us, it probably starts real small. And as much as we all wanna do great things for God all the things that require great faith, we recognize that being faithful probably begins with being faithful in the small things, being faithful in the ordinary things, being faithful in the things that no one ever sees and no one will ever know about. That's where the faith journey begins. One guy in our group said, by faith, I'm gonna trust him to hold it all together. By faith, I'm going to show up for my next meeting knowing that God believes I'm enough. By faith, I'm going to share some of my hurts believing that I'm not a burden. What if the life of faith started there, started simply? My wife and I uh, got invited to lead this uh, pastor's retreat. We're leaving tonight for this pastor's retreat and y'all, this is way over our pay grade. The invitation that we got is way, way over our pay grade and when I got the invitation, I was, they said, hey, will you come and lead this thing? And I was like, are you, sure you, do you, are you sure you're talking to the right person? Are you sure that you want us to come to this thing? And they're like, yeah, we want you guys to come. We want you to share. We want Christy to share her story. We want you to share together. And I was like, are you sure <laughs> this thing? I'm telling you guys, way, way over our pay grade. And so I said to Christy when I hung up, I was like, hey, these guys invited us. And I know what I, I got this great John Ortberg talk that I could give to these people, you know. And uh, I started to get all nervous because I want to make a good impression because this is a big deal. And uh, Christy said, how about we just show up by faith as Craig and Christy? What if you just show up by faith just as you are, right where you are, believing in the faithfulness of God? Maybe you could complete this sentence with me. Uh, By faith, Craig And Christy show up just as Craig and Christy. By faith, Sonny does what only Sonny can do. But what about this last sentence? Would you maybe just think about this for a minute? By faith, what? We'll pick up In Hebrews 11 next week but I want to end this message with a verse from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi he says this being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus because he is faithful and true let's pray together God, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being faithful amidst our great faith, amidst our small faith. And thank you for being faithful when we're not faithful. God, your word tells us that you are a faithful God and we know that you are faithful. So thank you for this reminder this morning. Because of your great love, we are not consumed because your compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, God, for being faithful. I pray now, would you help us to respond to you in faith, by faith? Would you help us to declare? Would you help us to sing by faith? Would you help us to pray to maybe talk with a person next to us. If there are those of us that are in need of prayer that we would ask, hey, would you pray for me? By faith, we'd come and remember the sacrifice that you made on our behalf, taking communion. In these moments, God, I pray that you would help us, empower us, animate us, motivate us to respond to you in faith. I pray in Jesus' name.